us. You ever, anybody notice that if you're going to do something that's difficult, it's better with somebody by your side? It's not too fun to do, you know, I know that there are moments we like to be alone, we like to have our, our, our me time and stuff, but when you're facing a battle, that's not the time that you want to be alone. When you're going up to, against some, some giants or against some enemies, it, it's a good time to have some people by your side, amen? And so Moses is, 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 is being told to do something here, and he says, okay, God, I'll do it, but who's going with me? And we're going to find out here that what we need to find out tonight is when it comes to, to God things and things he's calling us to do, we don't, it, there's, it's, it's great to have somebody with us, but we don't need anybody else but God's presence. Amen. We don't need anything else but God's presence. Amen. Let me ask you a question. If I told you tonight you could have for the rest of your life $5,000 a week deposited into an account for the rest of your life and you, you'll never miss it till the day you die or you could have the presence of God in your life every day until the day you die, which one would you choose? That's a no-brainer, right? I could have put a lot more money there, too. And some people might say, well, they might take the money. Only person that would ever say that is somebody who has not experienced the presence of God. Because in the presence of God, you can do things and see things happen that can't happen with money. Amen. There's things that money cannot buy. There's many things that money cannot buy. And as a matter of fact, when it comes to the things of God, money doesn't buy anything. We need in our lives the presence of God. We need him around us. We need to be surrounded by him. Amen. We need to know that he's there all the time. We need to know that there's nothing in, 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 around us that's missing but his presence. I can go without anything as long as he doesn't take his presence from me. Now, how many have been at those moments where you haven't necessarily felt his presence? Those are not good times. Those are not fun times. But God is dealing with us in those moments and he's causing us to do something called trust him, right? When he, when he, when we don't feel, and I, and I, we talk about this a lot. We can't go by feelings, although feelings are very strong in our lives. I, I, I don't like it when we have a service or when we pray and we don't feel. God's presence. I love to feel his presence all the time, but it doesn't mean every time that if we don't feel his presence in a song or in our car or when we're praying that he's not there. Amen. That doesn't mean he's not there because the Bible says for a believer, he's an ever present help in time of trouble. Ever present means he's there all the time. The Bible says for a believer that he will not leave us and he will not forsake us, amen? That means that there's no moments in our lives that he is not around. It might seem like he is, but he's there. might seem like he's far away, but he's there because his word promised that he would be there, okay? Now let's read on a little more here, and it says, he says, uh, if I have found grace in your sight, you know that ought to be our desire tonight to find grace in the sight of God. How many realize tonight it's only by grace that we're even saved? It's only by grace that we're even here tonight. It is a miracle that God could save somebody as bad as you. Amen? Amen? That God could save somebody as bad as me. Amen? As bad as your person on your left and on your right. It's a miracle, and it's by God's grace. And so we have found his grace in our lives when he, he takes us in and accepts us. So let's look at 13. Now, therefore, I pray, if 
I have found grace in your sight. Watch this. Show me, we're reading this again. Show me your way that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is your people. Now here comes the promise. This, this is enough to go home on tonight. This should last you till next week. He says, my presence. Remember he says, who's going to go with me? And God says, my presence will go with you. That was enough right there. How many, how many would say tonight, if God were to tell you that, I, my presence is going to be with you, doesn't matter what else happens. No, it doesn't matter what else happens. Because he says, my presence is going to be with you. I'm, I'm going to be there. And that's where trust comes in. Some of, some of us might have forgot on this Wednesday night that the Bible says the just shall live by, by what? Yes, by faith. That's right. Don't be afraid to say it. Amen. The just shall live by faith. So we have to understand that God is never going to stop causing us to walk in faith. You're never going to get to a place where you've been saved long enough that God's not going to expect you to use faith anymore. Some people think it's something you got to do when you get saved to kind of prove yourself. You'll never stop proving your faith to God because Hebrews 11 says faith pleases God. And so if you're not walking in faith and you're not doing those exercises of faith, you're not pleasing the Lord. And God loves it when he sees you walking in faith. Now I want you to tell the person next to you, I need you to wake up so you don't miss this. We should have gave out energy drinks tonight at the door, amen? I should have said, Holy Spirit should have said, buy some energy drinks and shoot them up as they come in. Amen. Let's pray that his presence will wake you up tonight. Amen. Praise God. My presence, he says, verse 14, will go with you. And here's the promise. I will give you rest. Rest. Amen. In his presence, there's rest. We can rest in him. Let's read on. And then he says, if, here's what Moses says. If your presence does not go with us, don't bring us up from here. Write down in your notes tonight, I don't want to do anything, anything outside of the presence of God. Okay? I don't want to do anything. I don't want to have anything. I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to think anything. I don't want to say anything that the presence of God cannot be around. Moses says, God, if you're not going to go with us, if you're not going to go before us, if you're not going to be with me, I'm not going. How many, how many could stop right there and, and think about what, what kind of revelation, or not revelation, what kind of revolution could happen in your life if you'd begin to think that way right there? God, I'm not going to do this. God, I'm not going to say this. God, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to think this. I'm not going to even uh, entertain this if your presence is not going before me. If you're not going to be with me, I'm not doing it. Amen. Wouldn't that change and transform our lives tonight if we thought that way? That if, if God's not in it, I don't want anything to do with it. Don't we have an enemy that's just constantly tangling and dangling the carrot before us? Don't we have an enemy that's constantly calling us to, to walk out of our destiny and to follow something else that looks good? Don't we know that the Bible says that he dresses like an angel of light tonight, church? Don't forget that he's dangling that carrot in front of us all the time. And there are going to be times that if we don't be careful, we can step out of the presence of God to grab something that is temporary. 
to grab something that's satisfactory for a moment. And, and we find that happening many times in, in people's lives and in our own lives. When, we, when you begin to grow cold in your faith, it's because you are stepping slowly out of the presence of God. You are beginning to do things or think things or say things or go places where God says, my presence can't go there. Doesn't mean his love won't be there. Doesn't mean he won't be by your side and protects you. It means that his presence that you need in your life will not be around you. How many want that all the time? I don't want to do anything. Moses says, I don't want to do anything that your presence isn't around me. So he says, verse 16, for how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? So we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are on the face of the earth. I want you to underline that. We shall be separate from the people, your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. This is the title of the message tonight. What separates us? What separates us? That's the question. The presence of God separates us. Now, don't take that wrong. What I'm trying to say is this, the presence of God separates us from the rest of the world. Okay, not from God. The presence of God it, 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 there are many people in this world who have a religion in their life. They believe in a higher power. They believe in, in a supernatural source. They believe there's a God. They don't know who he is, or maybe they think they know he is. But it, isn't it true that what sets us apart as believers... What sets us apart as the true church of Jesus Christ, not just Victory World Outreach, but the body of Jesus Christ, is that we have the presence of God with us. Amen. It's not just a religion. It's not just a name. It's not just a gathering, but the presence of God is there. That somebody can walk into a place where we are, whether it's in church in a service or whether it's at work or it's at, at a, in a car or in a supermarket or wherever. And like I said last Wednesday, they can feel something in us they don't have. They don't know what the name of it is. They don't know how to call it. They don't know how to explain it. They don't know how to put their finger on it, but something inside of them, they might not even tell you it, but there's something inside of them is thinking, there's something different about this person than me. There's something this person has I don't have. And sometimes we don't even know what we have, but we have the presence of God in our lives. We have him surrounding us. I've given this example many times. It's just a great example of, of the, of the uh, and I'm not, not that I'm into the beliefs of the Indians or anything, but this is a really great example of how they make a, a boy a man. Maybe, maybe many of you will remember this. They would take a boy out into the, into the forest. The man would leave his, his son there at a certain age when they were coming into to manhood. They would put a blindfold on him. And they would sit him on a, seat, on a tree, tree stump, and he would say, you cannot take this blindfold off all night, and I will be back for you in the morning. And when I get back, if you're here and you have not moved and you have not taken that blindfold off, you have become a man. Now, you can imagine going out into the deep forest as a 12-year-old boy. And, and all the sounds all night long of the howling coyotes and the bugs going over his feet and the snakes snithering around and all the things that are happening in pitch darkness how that boy would feel, and the fear that we can have. We can relate to that so many times in our lives that we're in a place where we just, we don't know where God is. 
We can't see anything. We hear the noise of the enemy. We hear the lies of the enemy. We hear stuff going on around us. And all we can do is what? Trust. All we can do is trust. And the story goes on to say in this rite of the Indian tribe that when the father, uh, when the son in the morning, he goes out there and, and he says, son, you can take off your blindfold. And he takes it off and he, he finds out that across from him, sitting on another tree stump, is his father who has never left his side all night long. That's the, that's the picture. That God allows us to think that we're by ourselves sometimes so that we will just trust him. And we don't pull the blindfold off because sometimes God, there's sometimes there's things God doesn't want us to see. Do you realize that? Do you realize sometimes, have you ever saw something and wish you hadn't seen it? Right? Well, how, how about God could be saving us from something that he doesn't want us to see sometimes? And so he allows us to stay in that place of, of sometimes what seems like darkness but we understand that even if we can't feel it, his presence is with us. Why? Because his word says, I'm an ever-present help in time of trouble. Amen? And so he goes on to say there in the next verse something we should all say ourselves. He says, please show me your glory. Does anybody in here want to see the glory of God in your lives? Amen? There's only there's something that sets us apart. Now I want you to go to Second Corinthians thirteen, sorry, chapter three, Second Corinthians chapter three, and I want you to see tonight that it is God's will to be with us. Amen. How many know that we live in a world of depressed and miserable and tormented people? Does anybody have any coworkers that are depressed and tormented and miserable? You don't have to raise your hands, but you do because that's the world we live in. We're around people who are popping pills. We're around people who are looking for uh, fulfillment in the things that this world has. We're in a world that is searching and looking. How many know that this world is looking for God? They just don't know where to find him, and that's our job. But we're in a place, we're around people that are miserable. And sad to say, sometimes even Christians are miserable. I mean, that's that's not supposed to be. How many agree with that tonight? Christians should not be miserable. I'm not saying we shouldn't have our bad days. You're going to have bad days. You're going to have days where you're irritable. You're going to have days where you're tired. You're going to have days where you're struggling. You're going to have days where your faith is not where you feel like it should be. But that's not a lifestyle, amen? That's just a struggle. That's just a trial. That's just something you're going through for just a short moment. But you're going to come out of it. And the Bible says weeping will endure for a night, but joy will come in the morning, amen? And tomorrow will bring a new day. So whatever little thing you're facing tonight, It'll be better tomorrow. You got to get over that. You got to get in the presence of God. Amen. You got to get in the presence of God. You got to stay in the presence of God. And you got to know that when you don't feel his presence, he's there. Can somebody grasp that tonight? Even if I don't feel him, he's there. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. Those that are depressed and miserable and under torment and bound don't have to be. You know what they need? They need the presence of the Lord. Second Corinthians, did I say first? Okay, good, because I was in first. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Liberty. The Lord is the Spirit. 
And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. You know why we need revelation? You know why our walk with God is personal? Because every one of us individually have to ask God, God, what is it that I could do or say or think or go places that would cause your spirit to be grieved? That's, that's, that's our job individually. I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not called, even as your pastor and leader, I'm not called to be your Holy Spirit police officer. I'm not called to walk around and tell you, no, you ought to not do that because that probably won't have the presence of God. There might be some obvious and evident things, but our own job, the Bible says in Philippians, we should work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Our own job is to, is to desire the presence of God and understand that his will is to be with us all the time. But how many know that as a believer, for example, if you're really walking with God, okay, think about this. If you're really seeking God, reading your word, praying, staying in the Spirit of God, walking in the Spirit, as the Bible says, and you get around somebody, might even be a Christian, but even more so if they're not, and they do something, say something, act a certain way, you don't want to be around them, right? Am I right? You don't want to be around them, because why? Because what they do quenches your spirit. It might be music, it might be cussing, it might be an attitude, it might, whatever it is, and so how much more is that the case if the Holy Spirit's around, that we could quench the Holy Spirit by having those things in our lives. And he says, you know what? I want to hang around you. I want to be with you. But i got to kind of be back at a distance because maybe some of the things you're doing are things that grieve me. But that's individual. That's something I have to deal with every day. And listen, it's not even always as big as some lust or, or pornography or, 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 or hatred or unforgiveness. Sometimes it's just too busy. Sometimes it's you, where you got to stop and say, listen, how many days has it been? How many days has it been? Uh, for me, even I'm, I've been in the church more in the last three weeks than I've been in quite a while. I'm here all, all the time. I have to stop even being here and say, how, how long has it been since I stopped and got in the presence of God? Well, come on, Pastor, you here all the time. You're in the church, da, da, da. You know what I'm saying. Stop and say, I got stuff to do. I got stuff to fix. There's lots, by the way, there's lots of stuff left to do. I don't know if you guys remember, know that, but there's lots left to do. Amen. So we're in, but there's lots left to do. So anytime you want to volunteer, praise the Lord. But I, I could just never, never, I could just say, hey, I ain't got time to pray, ain't got time. But I got to stop and say, God, how long has it been since I've gotten in the presence of the Lord? And just sought you. And then you, you know that you're going through some spirit. Listen, when you begin to realize that you're going through a spiritual battle, start praying. Don't analyze it. Don't think about it and wonder, well, I wonder if I should, what should I do? Pray. What should I do? Get in the presence of God. Amen. What should I do? Run to the presence of God. Amen. Because he's there, but we got to run to him. He hasn't left us. We've left him, but we can even get too busy for him. But where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Watch this. Jesus did not ever Want us to be alone. I'm going to read just a couple more verses in John 14. Let's go back to the book of John real quick. John chapter 14. By the way, if you know the Bible at all, this is one of the greatest chapters in the Bible. John 14. If you ever get down and depressed, just go read John 14. Really, just go read it. You'll feel better. Because it'll get your mind off this world and get you to realize this isn't all we, is anybody thankful that this isn't all we have? 
Is anybody thankful that this is not it? Amen. That when you're having a bad day and everything's going wrong, this is, we're just passing through. Don't forget that. We're just passing through. Bible says we're not of this world, amen, and, and, and I'm not reading that tonight, but it starts off by saying, not, verse 1, let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, you believe in me and in my Father's house, and he goes on to talk about mansions and all kinds of cool stuff. So if you get down, just go read John 14. But later on in the chapter, in verse 16, he says, and I will pray to the Father, and he will give you a helper that he may abide with you sometimes. Forever. Forever means forever. Forever means all the time. Abide means all the time. means he's not leaving you no matter what. He's sticking by your side. So even when you don't feel him, he's there. Why? Because he's an ever-present help in time of need. Verse 17, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For watch this, he dwells with you. And I have this underlined in my Bible, will be with, sorry, in you. He dwells with you and he will be in you. We need to learn, again, to speak the word of God to our circumstances. We're so good at telling God about our circumstances. But we need to tell our circumstances about the word of God. Amen. We need to tell the word of God that or there are circumstances that the word of God says he will abide with me, he will be in me, he will never leave me and forsake me. And guess what? What is what does the Bible say that if we resist the devil, he will flee from us? If we, if we say, hey, I'm not having that today, I'm not listening to your blah, blah today, amen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you listen to a little something. If you're going to hang around you, give him some word. Amen. You want to hang around, devil? Just start reading the Bible. He'll be out in two seconds. Has anybody realized that sometimes, not, not because we're human, we, we sit there and analyze and think and wonder and pout and do all these different things, and the devil just sits down and has coffee with us? And as long as you just let them hang around, and as long as you, oh, God, where are you? Devil's like, oh, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Want some coffee? It's good and hot. Oh, God, when are you going to get? And we just sit there and whine. And listen, we're all guilty of it. We're all guilty of it. We have days that we're just, we just whine. Listen, if we would be wise and we listen to the Holy Spirit, we would just get that Bible out and start reading it. And as soon as we start reading it, that devil would flee in two seconds because he can't stand to hear the word of God. And he'd have to leave real quick. And then we could get a clear mind. And then the presence of God would fall on us and we would be filled up. And we'd go through that little problem. But we're, we're guilty of that. We, oh, man, it's, where are you at, God? Where you been, God? Don't feel you, God? Well, it says right here that he'll abide in us. And he's, he's praying. Listen, don't forget that right now we don't see Jesus. We don't see him. We can't see him. He's not here physically. But he's at the right hand of the Father. He is sitting there, and he's interceding for us. What a powerful thought. Next time you feel like you're going through something, remember God and his son are interceding for you right now in that situation. And what they're interceding for the most is that you would be in the presence of God. That you would get to a place where, see, the world doesn't understand this. The Bible says it's foolishness for the world. The, 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 the world calls it uh, 
craziness and foolishness that we would believe in something that we cannot see. But how many have ever been in the presence of God and know you cannot deny it? It's real. He's real. Amen. And what you have to do in the moments when you don't feel him sometimes is rely on the moments that you did. And you think back to those. And, again, it's, it's kind of like God, how God is. Remember that we're created in his image. If you celebrated an anniversary every day and a birthday every day and something special every day, those special days would not seem special anymore. If God, I said this last Wednesday, if he just poured his spirit out, and it's, it's, it's okay to want it and desire it. We should. We should come every service and say, Lord, I want to cry in your presence today. I want to feel your presence today. I want to get Holy Ghost goosebumps tonight. I want, I, want, I want to know that you're here. There's nothing wrong with that. But if he poured his spirit out every single time like we could, we would learn to get used to it. And then we wouldn't desire it anymore. Remember the story last week about the boy and his uncle? Flip him a nickel every once in a while. And he'd give him another one. And he had a big old box for anybody that wasn't here. A big old box of nickels. And he said, anytime you want a nickel, you can come get it. And then later on, they'd go fishing. They'd go to town. And then he'd give them a dime or a quarter. And, and, and at one point, the boy came to him and said, hey, Dad, or Grandpa, why don't you just give me all the nickels at once and let's just, let's just get over this, you know, thing. And he says, no. If I give you all the nickels, you won't come around. If I give them all to you right now, you won't want to be with me. And so God, he holds it out. Sometimes he gives us a nickel of his presence. Sometimes he gives us a dime of his presence. Sometimes he gives us a quarter. Sometimes he drops a dollar. Sometimes it's $100, amen? But whatever it is, he's just letting us have some so that we'll want to come back for more, so that we'll want to seek his face more, amen? And, and so there's that desire, there's that, there's that you know, when we, we kind of did that with dating when we were growing up. You're playing hard to get, Right? God sometimes plays hard to get with us because he wants us to pursue him. God gets joy from our pursuit of him. Amen. Some people are so closed off. God wants you, listen, to walk with his children in obedience. One more verse, Hebrews 11, sorry, Psalms 22, 3. You are holy, the Bible says, and enthroned in the praises of of Israel. How many understand tonight that we are walking in a free gift of God? Now, we need to understand, it's kind of like I've talked about before. If we could understand what it would be like to be in hell, man, we would probably live so different. If we could get a glimpse of eternity, we would do things so different. I feel like it's the same way with the presence of God. Can you imagine what it would be like to not feel the presence of God? You might say, well, I felt that. No, I'm not, you're not, you don't get it then. Can you imagine what it's going to be like on this earth once the church is gone? Can you imagine what it's going to be like? The Holy Spirit will be on this earth still. But he embodies us. He indwells in us. We, we are full of his spirit. So when we walk around, his spirit walks with us. You might not think it does, but it does. You go to school, you go to work, you go to the store, that spirit of God's walking with you. It's just walking with you all the time. And you might, here's what's funny. Sometimes you might not even feel it, but somebody else does. 
they feel the God in them. And can you imagine what the world will feel like when there's no longer a church body interceding, full of the presence of God? Can you imagine if God just said, I'm, I'm going to punish you and I'm just going to pull my spirit from you? David was so serious about that that he said, please take anything from me. Don't take your presence from me. My challenge to you tonight as a believer is that you'd be living a life that you could tell God, take anything from me. Don't take your presence. Take, take anything, but don't take your presence. Do you have to choose that? No, not necessarily. But what if you did? What if, what if you had to choose things of life that you love, even family members, and you had to choose that of the presence of God? you got to love God so much that you would choose God's presence over anything else. And you know what happens when you do that? You have God's heart. God, sorry, God has your heart in his hands. That's what God desires. That you, we would be so moldable that he'd be able to say, as we go back to the book of Job, hey, have you considered my servant Job? That's some powerful words. Now, a lot of us say, ah, don't, don't go there, God, please. Don't consider me. Shouldn't that be our prayer, though? Shouldn't we be able to say, yes, God, consider me. Tell the devil to consider me, because as long as you're with me, I can go through anything. As you know, Job had that relationship with God. As his, as his kids and his house and his things were ripped from him, and he stood in ashes, he was able to say, God, I still love you. But I wonder, what we don't have that narrative, but what, how different would it have been if, if God would have stripped his presence from him instead? And he wouldn't have had the presence of God. And if maybe if he'd have had a choice, if the Bible would have been written different, God would have said, listen, I'll, I'll give you the choice. You can lose your kids, your family, your house, your possessions and everything, or you can lose my presence. What would you choose? Now, knowing the end of the story, we already know what Job would have chose. He would have chose the presence of God. How many believe that? We saw that. He didn't have that choice in front of him, but he, he, he lost everything and didn't, and didn't curse God. That should be our desire tonight, that we want the presence of God so much in our lives. Amen. Let's bow our head, our heads and close our eyes. As we're praying tonight, we know that God wants to walk with us. He wants his presence to be with us. We know in Hebrews 11, 5, it says that Enoch walked with God. He just walked with God. He, he just stayed in his presence. He just stayed close to God. You know, we kind of talked about this a little bit in a different angle. On Sunday night, we talked about right and wrong. And that we need to do right, even if nobody else is doing it. If you're the only one doing it, and wrong is wrong, even if everybody's doing it. We need to live such a life in our lives today that all we care about is making sure that the presence of God is not quenched in our lives. What, what Think about it for a moment as we close tonight. What What could possibly be more important than the presence of God I can't think of anything 
I can't think of anything I'd rather have because I can go through anything with his presence. In Isaiah 43, you can read it later, he he talks about when you go through the fire, I'll be there with you. When you go through the river, I'll be there with you. When you go through the storm, I'll be be there with you. That's what God is looking for tonight. Hearts of men and women that would say, God, if your presence doesn't go with me, I'm not going. If you don't go before me, I'm not going. But if you go with me, I'll do anything. Anything you ask. How many tonight listening here or listening online could could be honest with God and say, you know, I don't know, I don't know the presence of God. I don't know Jesus. Tonight is my Lord and Savior. I've never accepted him. I've never put my faith in him. I've never been born again. You know, even as an unbeliever, the, the presence of God can be felt, but it can't dwell in you until you're born again. Until you make Jesus Christ Lord of your life. How many tonight would say, Pastor, would you remember me tonight in prayer? I want to make Jesus Lord of my life tonight. That's me. Just put your hand up. God bless you. He sees your hand. How many more? That's me. I want to make Jesus Lord of my life tonight. How many can say, you know, I'm, 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 I'm backslidden. I'm, I'm gone far away. If, again, if you're listening online, you can say a prayer right now and say, Jesus, come back into my life. Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Jesus, make me Lord. Make, make you Lord of my life. Come in and be everything to me right now. Amen. Let's stand to our feet tonight. If you raised your hand tonight and you want to make a decision to accept Christ tonight, step out of your seat and come down here real quick. We want to pray with you. Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. You raised your hand. Just step out and say, I'm going to come and I'm going to pray right now. I'm going to give my life to Jesus. I'm I'm not going to be ashamed of him. Amen. I can't make you step out of your seat. Amen. That's that's between you and God. But he saw your hand tonight. Amen. He, He saw that desire. As we open up the altars tonight, this is personal. This is me and me and God. God, I want the presence. I want to contend to have the fullness of your presence in my life. Sometimes God will say, hey, don't always, don't, don't always think it's always sin stuff. Hopefully we can get beyond that it's just always sin things. Sometimes it's just decisions. And God is calling us to lay some things down. God is calling us to set some time apart. God is calling us to, to, to show him uh, again our seriousness with him and, and say Lord you want me to turn the TV off you want me to shut the radio off you want me to do not go do this I'm just going to spend some time with you that's how you get in the presence of God Amen. so we're just going to open up the altars take time wherever you want to pray as we sing this song and let's, let's make that decision Lord if your presence doesn't go with me 